Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Two Toms, One Ash. Still your go-to UK-based podcast for all things NFL fantasy football. As you can tell, you're listening to a much more sombre podcast than usual, all of which will become very apparent real soon. On this episode, we'll look back at week 15, a week in which a couple of ex-Broncos led their teams to victories right at the death. As always, we'll review our fantasy teams in what was the first week of knockout football before finishing with a look ahead to the Christmas fixtures. Keep up to date with what's going on with us, our league and NFL-related stuff by following us on Twitter. That's at 2Toms1Ash. Right, that's enough from just me. Home we go. Welcome everyone, and another episode again, uh, week 15 in the books, um, and the last one before before a full weekend of fixtures, uh, while Christmas sits just in the middle. Um, so, the kids' nativity yesterday, great performance, uh, as always, absolutely one that you must see all year, obviously, I'm sure we're all excited to see kids in the nativity. Um, speaking of which, joined by two wise men, as always. Charlesworth, come to you first, mate. How are you? I'm glad we're recording this on Thursday, because if you'd if we'd have done this any earlier in the week, uh, I was just broken. I had I've I'd lost all faith in American football and the NFL, but I've managed to bring myself back round, and I feel like I'm I'm ready and to bring a bit of positivity to the woeful weekend that has just been. Oh, good. That shows real growth. I think that you've you've kind of gone through those ups and downs, and um, and back on it, ready to speak, ready to spread that enthusiasm for for everyone listening. Scully, how are you? Good, mate. Still drunk. I think I've just been celebrating since Sunday. So um, yeah, all good. Ready to crack on with this. Good. Maybe just a sneak preview then of uh, of how our weekends turned out fantasy wise. Anyway. Um, but like, look back at week 15, and the first player that I want to pick out is Jared Goff. Uh, so scoring 41 points against the Broncos, he's been up and down-ish overall QBA, um, scored as low as six just a couple of weeks ago, but back back in the big time scoring 41 points. Um, Scully, what do you make of his performance and then any other Lions as well? No, he was good. I think he was back to um, his, his form at the beginning of the season I think it just goes to show that um, whatever I say in terms of any kind of advice that I might want people to listen to is is, is just utter bollocks so whatever I say just do, do the complete opposite last week you asked, asked me what defence I should take the uh, the Broncos um, or the Lions and I said I, I, um, I thought no was it was it the Cowboys or the Broncos and I said that you should be taking anybody that are uh, that are facing the Cowboys, um, and you want to be you want to be facing Jared Goff because he's just throwing picks left, right, and centre. And what happened? Cowboys got absolutely smashed. Um, and obviously, Jared Goff threw what five five touchdowns, no interceptions, um, a million yards. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I think it think it says it all. But uh, but yeah, no. Happy, happy for him to to pull it back round after a few 
a few dodgy performances. Lions look good. Um, my man as well as always, Amon Rasent Brown, um, is just is just pure class. So um, no, good good on the Lions getting it getting it done, and I think they can they can clinch it, can't they this week? Get the, getting the playoffs. Yeah, they can, and especially yeah. So they got Vikings this week, and and then they are playing those Cowboys week after, and then finishing again with the Vikings. So. A strong running as well, um, with a good chance, I think, of resting players. Certainly that last game against the Vikings, just a high-powered offence, it seems, doesn't it? I think good culture all, all round. Um, I'm sure I saw earlier this week that, was it maybe not this time last year, but only a couple of years ago, they were 0-10-1 at, some, at kind of week 11, week 12. So in just two years, they managed to turn it around as, as big as this. So I think any Lions... Any of the Lions' offense are good scorers as well, so it's um, yeah, all credit to them and Dan Campbell. Charlie, um, the other player I want to pick out from last weekend's games is James Cook. So I guess highly thought of, highly sought after before the season started. Not necessarily been the case all season, but thirty-six points again against those Cowboys in Week Fifteen. What did you make of his performance, and then I guess the Bills overall because of it? The Bills just absolutely dominated the Cowboys on the ground. Um, Josh Allen rushing the ball. Uh, he, he only he only completed seven passes, Josh Allen. Um, and I think four of those went to Stefan Diggs. So if you're a Stefan Diggs manager, you've got to think, yeah, he only got four targets, but he only completed seven. So he's thrown more than 50% to your man. Um, but he didn't need to throw it. Um, they just... They were phenomenal on the ground. I mean, everything went through that, and it wasn't just uh, it wasn't just Cook. I mean, Josh Allen had eight rushing attempts himself for for twenty four yards, but Cook just but it, it was it wasn't like they played all season though, and you wouldn't have expected it against Dallas, who they're not a bad team against against the run at all. But he had twenty, I think it was twenty five rushing attempts, Cook which is just ridiculous when you compare it to how he's done what he, what he's done through the rest of the season um he's been on sort of 17 15 as as an as an average and that was a high game for him um his his highest before this was 17 25 carries he had for 179 yards um one rushing touchdown and then two targets um sorry three targets two catches for a, a receiving touchdown as well. It just sent that all they wanted to do was get Josh Allen to plow through him. And when he was tired, give, or, sorry, get James Cook to plow through him. When he was tired, give, give Josh Allen a go and then go back to Cook. And he, and he was just unbelievable. If you've got him, you've got to be, uh, you've got to be looking forward to this week against the Chargers because I, I can just see the same happening again. I mean, they are not good against the run. So, if he can do that against the Dallas defense, good luck, charges. Yeah, it was only a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it, that the Bills are just kind of losing easier games, it seemed like, but that's not the case anymore. I know there's some good stats around kind of December football, especially up on Buffalo because of the weather, I guess, how well they do. Um, but what have we got? We've got three games remaining. Um, they sit two games behind the Dolphins, uh, and the Bills play the Dolphins uh, in the last game of the season. So I think it'd take a almighty effort to overtake them and, and win the AFC East and hold some sort of home field advantage for at least one game uh, in the playoffs. Um, it's looking likely, I think, that they'll be going somewhere down south. But 
But with that recipe that they've got, with more rushing from James Cook, then then maybe maybe it's a new wrinkle and it's something new to defend for for these upcoming fixtures. So looking back now at our fantasy teams from last week, um, Charlie, you scored 77 points in a loss to Mike, who scored 109. Uh, Scully, you scored 115 points as you beat Middy, who scored 85. Nice little rivalry that you two have got going there. Uh, And I scored 116 points in a loss to Wellham, who scored 143. So on the weeks, I, I scored most points by a point, um, which is a slight consolation, but we're not really. Um, taking me to six wins, Charlie, you on six wins, and Scully on three wins out of the three of us. Um, so, yeah, so so first round of the playoffs, and as you've just heard from there, kind of mixed results for sure. Um, Charlie, I've got to come to you first then. So 77 points on the back of a, a pretty low score the week before. And I don't mean that to kick you while you're down, but I guess when just your team or players are slightly out of form, it's, it's difficult to, to claw that back, pick anybody up who are like that. So, so yeah, talk us through talk us through your, your loss. I said I'm going to try and be positive and I'm going to try not to swear. Um but all I say is I started Najee Harris and Bijan Robinson as my two running backs, who combined scored 1.7. There's no coming back from that. There's absolutely no coming back from that. But then when you take into account the third highest scoring quarterback in our format of scoring is Dak Prescott, who I have starting, and he scored six points. Um, it was just atrocious throughout. Um, the three rays of light were Devontae Adams, uh, Mike Evans, and Trey McBride. Um, my only my only thing that I seem to have done right this year is pick good uh, young tight ends. That is, that's literally all I've got to go on this year. Uh, sat, drafted Sam Laporta, picked up Trey McBride after I'd traded him away to try and strengthen elsewhere. Um, and yeah, McBride, he, he seems to be the only one to go to in uh, in Arizona. He's, the receivers look trash. James Conner can't do, can't run every time. And McBride, I mean, he made an absolute worldy of a catch. I don't know if you saw it, Ash, but unbelievable. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. But yeah, Boswell, no points, missed a field, uh, missed an extra point, scored an extra point to make it that, and then Cowboys one point, um, and then just to to cheese me off, I obviously left Ty Chandler on my bench for the early Saturday game, who scored twenty four points. But in fairness, it wouldn't have made any difference at all. Um, just yeah, just garbage, and there's there's nothing that I can do. Um, when when it, it's just blowing up around you and then just to make it worse the Steelers were absolute trash um when you've got a guy that was playing on the practice squad tearing as a new arsehole running through um it was just disgusting to watch so yeah I was shit team was shit I'm out 
Yeah, yeah, well, feel your pain and commiserations. Yeah, I think like you said, with some of those players, you can afford maybe a couple of those to have really off games and bad games, but the chances that you've got five of them, especially all on the same week, is, uh, is yeah, is real bad luck. Uh, Mike scoring 109 points, which is definitely beatable, albeit uh, across across the board, really. I don't think any of us... Uh, maybe Wellham scored well, but apart from that, no one else really scored particularly well. Um, you were forecast 118. As I said, you scored 77. So even the, the experts at NFL.com were predicting your players to score a lot higher than you did. So, so yeah, shame shame for you. Um, well done to Mike, I guess, getting through. Um, but, but yes, you're the first one of us out, or certainly out that we spoke about. Um, I'm the other one. Uh, so, yeah, so... Similarly, really, I think almost right from kickoff, uh, I say right from kickoff, right from Tyreek Hill being um, deemed inactive, it's it's a real uphill battle. Um, I ended up starting at wide receiver Curtis Samuel, who scored 21 points in fairness, and, and Demarcus Robinson for the Rams scoring 14 points. But when you think of Tyreek Hill, who's potentially going to score you 30 points or so, then... Um, then yeah, that's that's not going well. Um, and again, it was against the Jets that the Dolphins did play, who, who kind of had a great game without Hill. Uh, and it was I had the Jets' defense, as they have all season, scoring just three points. Thought that they might have slowed the Dolphins' offense down a little bit, but but not meant to be. Um, unlike you having Ty Chandler on your bench, I I didn't really have anyone. I've got three or two running backs on the bench didn't score anything. Aaron Jones coming back, scoring ten points. Um, so, so a little bit there, but certainly no improvement. Um, so my 116, uh, fourth high score in our league on the week, but th- there was no way I was going to beat Wellham's uh, 143. So, so yeah, after a, after a long old season finishing second overall, it's uh, it suddenly comes crashing down, uh, and uh, and yeah, we can just look ahead to to next season to these kind of toilet bowls that we're, we're finishing the season in and get used to proper football, I guess. Scully, lift of spirits, 115 that you scored against Middies 85. Well played. Congratulations. Talk us through your team. Yeah, no, thanks. Um, I mean, good to beat Middy. I like beating Middy. Like you said earlier, it's a, it's a bit of a rivalry that we seem to have going on. And uh, it, it started off, I, I mean, it couldn't have started any better than, than that Saturday. I had three players playing, 75 points after the Saturday. I had Middy texting me on his way back from Chelsea saying, you jammy bastard. Um, Jordan Addison's been shit, blah, 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 all this kind of crap. So uh, absolutely delighted to, to have knocked him out. But if I'm being completely honest, after that 75 points, I pretty much limped over the finish line. Um, my Sunday was was poor. Um, outside, like I said, of, of Browning scoring pretty well, of St. Brown scoring pretty well, and and Addison having a having a week, and, and what a week for him to to have it. Uh, Saquon, five points. I over I overthought my running back as I always do. There's one decision that I always think each week, and I, I dropped Kenneth Walker uh, because obviously they were going up against the Eagles defense, and uh, I thought oh, the Eagles are going to smash him. But no, Kenneth Walker ran all over him. Uh, he got 20 points, but but for my bench, and instead Algier um, shared the same Arthur Smith backfield as um, as Bijan. So I say. 
a little bit better than what Bijan scored, but still, uh, if if that man's in a job next year, it's uh, there's there's something not right. Um, Smith didn't didn't really do anything for for the Eagles. Just I guess their woes kind of go on a little bit. Three losses in a row, and they they're not particularly looking good. They need to sort that out. And then we spoke about um, James Cook earlier and, and Tom highlighted the fact that Josh Allen only threw it seven times. Um, two of those attempts he threw to Dalton Kincaid and both of those that he threw to Dalton Kincaid, Dalton Kincaid didn't reel in. So he ended up with a, a huge goose egg. Um, and then standard kind of points for, for Dustin uh, Hopkins, who has got to be the, the MVP for, for this Browns team. <laughs> the amount of walk-off, well, not exactly walk-off field goals, but winning field goals that he has, he has hit um, to get us to this point is, uh, has been unbelievable. Um, and then Falcons' defence, uh, a very uh, decent nine points, but I don't want to talk about the Falcons after <laughs> After getting me knocked out of the last man standing, uh, fuck Arthur Smith. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to sound more positive than that. I'm through to the semi-final. I am happy. I've limped there, uh, but um, I think I'll do well to to get through to the final for for a second year in a in a row. Uh, I'm beating Wellham. His team has hit form at the right time, so um, I do need a big week from some of my very inconsistent big players this week. Yeah, well played. And yeah, carrying the flag for the pod. Um, so so we're right behind you. But as you say, you've got Wellham this upcoming week. And I think the question that everyone wants to know the answer to is who you're starting at quarterback. At the minute, you've got Joe Flacco in your starting lineup, and then you've got Jake Browning and Trevor Lawrence on your bench. What are you thinking out of those three studs? Still, still times for me to pick another quarterback up off waivers as well, and I'm just, I'm just stocking him at the moment. But uh, I don't know because Lawrence is the one that's predicted more points, but he's questionable. I think he's, he's in concussion protocol. Flacco, the Browns' fourth quarterback this year, is questionable with a um, calf injury or, or something like that. Uh, and then there's Browning, who has been one of the best quarterbacks over the last three weeks for fantasy. But he's going up against the Pittsburgh defense, um, so it's uh, it, it's a difficult dilemma. It's going to be a, a game time decision, I think. So I think I just need to 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 see where see what I feel like, and then inevitably overthink it and pick the wrong one. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, well, yeah, just a funny scenario and one that I guess we'll talk about all off season. But our our league with an eight team playoff. Um, the top four seeds all went out at the weekend. Uh, whether you can read into that at all, um, I don't know. Maybe. Um, if not, maybe just bad luck and, and it is what it is. Well played to seeds five, six, seven and eight. Um, but we have got a question in. Uh, so the question that's come through on Twitter, uh, Charlie, I'll come to you first. But the question is, if you could change one rule about your fantasy football league, what would you change and why? I mentioned this to you guys on on Sunday when we met up. Um, we need to bin the kicker. What a pointless position to have. What a waste of a draft pick. What a waste of a roster spot. It's just complete pot luck. Like there's there's absolutely no uh, 
thought behind it. Like take into account week. So this uh, over this season, Matt Gay for the Colts is the third highest scoring kicker. So if you've drafted him, you're like, yeah, he's he's solid. He's going to score me decent every week. Week fourteen, he scored minus one. Minus one points for a kicker. It's it's so far out of their hands because it's it's based on uh, there's so many external factors to it. If your team's behind and they need to to pick up point, they're chasing the game. They need to go for touchdowns. They don't then go for for they don't kick field goals, or they might be points down and they might go for two. It, it's just completely out of their hands. Uh, it doesn't matter how good a kicker you are. If you don't kick the ball, you aren't going to score points. Um, so for me, bin the kicker because it's a waste of time. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't hate that idea. I think that the plus sides of it are, I guess you just get to know another player. There's someone else to keep an eye out for. There's another scoring play in actual game footage that you're keeping an eye on, that you're looking out for. But... I know what you mean. I guess you, you can read into it. It's, oh, look, when they're playing at mile high, it carries better out there. It's indoors, so wind's not a factor. Like, let's face it, like, it, it's all bullshit. Like, if they score well and they score extra points, or then they don't score all that well, but they get to the 20-yard line, but then choose to kick, they get more points. So, yeah, I don't I don't dislike that idea. But, um, yeah, interesting. Obviously, that's compounded by the fact that Boswell scored absolutely sod all this week after missing an extra point and then scoring one. Good timing for all that. Uh, Scotty, what about you? What would you change? Just commenting on that first. I mean, Tom's obviously not bringing any emotion into into that pick whatsoever. But um, I, I quite like the kicker position and I quite like it because you can play it strategically. Um, and for what you've just mentioned there, you can think it's one of them positions where you can just bring it in and out, swap kickers each week, a little bit like your defense. Um, albeit if you've got one of the top two, three defenses, you might not do that. But with a kicker, like you say, it's it might be dependent on if they're playing in, in bad weather, if they're playing uh, in a dome, if they're playing in somewhere where um, it's it's better conditions for them, etc. If they're going up against a defence where they might not get into the end zone more often, so they might have to kick a little bit more. So I, I quite like the, the position, and uh, and I think it is one that you can play strategically interchangeably. So um, let's, ask, let's ask Tom that question again uh, once the, the dust settles. <laughs> uh, Before the dust bit. settles, let's also <laughs> bin any players that Arthur Smith has anything to do with, they're not allowed to play fantasy either. When he's offensive coordinator at Steelers next season, it'll be a... <laughs> yeah. I won't be a Steelers fun. fan if that ever <laughs> but, uh, but no, for the role that I'd like to potentially change, and I might have, I might have mentioned this uh, when we were around at ours on, um, on Sunday, but uh, the, the waiver um, preference... So for me, I know it goes on the person who is lowest down for for the season. I think it'd be a bit more interesting if it went on the the person that was lowest down that particular week. So, um, and I know we discussed a little bit about how would that work then, because somebody might score um, lower than uh, than somebody, but well, 
but still, you know, I mean, someone might win, but then they might have somebody who scored higher than them and and still lost. So for me, we we could do it whereby, okay, you have the preference. Okay, you have all the people that win, and they are in score order. So they're your, obviously your least preference for the waiver. And then you have your your people that all lose, and then they go in score order. So the person that loses and scores lowest that week, they have the preference. And for me, I think that would mean that it's not just the person that is rock bottom, um, because like that is able to then bring the best player in off waivers. It's it's an equal playing field each week. So for me, that that's something that I think would would be quite interesting, and I'd like to see. Yeah, and I guess if let's say that as a real specific example, if someone runs out to a eight and zero lead, um, and then they get a few big injuries, a few key injuries, and they're losing every week, but they're generally going to be lower down on their waiver priority. They're not going to be able to get some of these players that are coming in off the practice squad or have just been signed as free agents, and then suddenly having a a better second half of the season potentially. So, yeah, I can see I can see definitely a discussion around that um, in the off season. Uh, I think for me, um, whether we'd actually want it or not, or whether I'd even advocate for it or not, um, but even just playing best ball. So I think we've talked about sometimes, I guess, obviously for us in the UK, if it's one o'clock in the morning kickoff and and we're not staying up for it, in fairness, some of the half nine kickoffs, maybe not staying up for it. But, um, But if it's a kind of a game time decision and they're inactive, you're not having to wait on that. You've got someone in your bench that's automatically going to, end up starting anyway because they're set up as the overall point scorer or if you've got a really strong roster and again I know that's some of the tactics some of the gamble if you're playing Bijan on every week thinking this week well this week he's going to score points maybe this week he's going to score points it maybe takes away from some of that strategy but at the same time if you've got um, another running back on your on your bench and you've done well to roster that other running back then then they might jump ahead of him regardless of what he scores, somebody scores less than them. Um, so so I think for those game time decisions, if they're inactive, especially um, just if there's a way of doing a little bit of both. People need more dedication. Stay up, <laughs> stay awake. What Look at the, uh, look who's active, like I have to, just make sure that I make the wrong decision, regardless of <laughs> whoever yeah. started. Yeah, yeah, no excuse. Good dedication, but yeah. <laughs> I get the inactive part. So if they, if they're inactive, I absolutely think that um, somebody should go in instead of them, uh, next player in that position or whatever. But I don't necessarily think that if Bijan doesn't score well and you've left him in, that the player that has scored better than him in his position has has gone in. Is that is that what you were saying? Did I understand that right? If there's a way of doing it, and, and again, I'm not too sure, um, if there's a way of doing it because they are inactive, like you say, they've not dressed when it's a real kind of game time decision, then yeah, I'm not sure if there is. I'm not sure if it's just either it's either best ball or it's not. Um, so yeah, maybe one for us to take away and have a look at in the off season. If it is a case of splitting out the two and just making it that if they're not playing and someone will replace them, then then maybe that could be an option or, or certainly up for up for vote anyway in our off season. So looking ahead now to week 16 and uh, and are you ready boys? Got a new segment for you. This one's called Chris God win or Chris God lose. <laughs> so in the name 
of Chris Godwin, who's obviously a Buccaneer. Uh, Scully, Bucks v Jags, week 16. Who do you like on the Bucks offense? Baker. Baker, it's a massive week last week. What was it, 37 points? Played pretty well against the Packers. Yeah. It'd yep, that's believe. it. That's it. I'm, I'm, I'm staying. I'm riding with six. My man woke up feeling dangerous, and he delivered. <laughs> <laughs> dangerous and cold, uh, but, but but played well. Uh, all right. So, in the name of Chris Godwin or Chris God lose, uh, Chris Godwin's 2015 Penn State teammate Saquon Barkley. Um, Charlie, anyone on the Giants that you like the look of against the Eagles this week? Just before I get on to that, they, these segment names are atrocious. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go not for the obvious, because obviously uh, Barkley, I'm struggling to talk. I can see Scully on the video. just absolutely, He's had to mute himself because he's just cracked up. Um, he's not took but, his eggs out. <laughs> but I, I don't want to go for the obvious sake one, because obviously everything goes to him. This week, matchup against Philly, um, I think you can throw against him. So, for me, I'm going to go uh, Wondell Robinson. Uh, fair target share. It, it's, there's not going to be a mountain of things go his way, but deep threat, uh, potentially to score you a bit of points. Mm, yeah, good shout. And as much as I'd like to say that this is an easy game for the Eagles and one that we can easily bounce back on Giants this week. Uh, and then I believe uh, someone else and then Giants again in the last week. Um, should be two easy wins really. But if we don't and we do slip up, then um, then yeah, big problems really. Uh, and yeah, and Wandale Robinson seems to be a decent target for Tommy DeVito. All right, so back on to Chris Godwin, Chris God lose, Scully. Uh, so Chris Godwin's 2014 Penn State teammate, Mike Gazicki, now on the Patriots. Who do you like on the Patriots offense? Anyone? Uh, Anyone remotely? Uh, 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 actually, yeah. Um, young receiver, Douglas, is that his name? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's got some bits, hasn't he? Rookie. Um, yeah, Demario. quite like him. But uh, other than that, no, they're atrocious. <laughs> and against the Broncos, yeah, so it's uh, whether there's a slight chance that they're going to play a little bit harder, a little bit better for, for Belichick's, what seems like it's last, last rodeo. Um, who knows? But yeah, I'm with you. Not too many on there. Uh, Charlie, back over to you and uh, and Chris Godwin's 2016 Penn State teammate Miles Sanders on uh, from a Panthers team that got the second win of the season last week. This week, going up against the Packers. Anyone on that Panthers offense? Not Miles Sanders. <laughs> um, yeah, the difficult with the Panthers because they are uh, well the worst team in football at the minute, and yeah. They've, the the old guy Adam Thielen had a bit of a streak earlier, didn't he? But for me, I'd have to go Tuba Hubbard. Um, outpaced Miles Sanders by sixteen carries last uh, last week, and not a bad score uh, for twelve point three against Atlanta, who are very good against the run, uh, and going up against Green Bay this week, who are not that good against the run. So 
for me, Chuba Hubbard. Yeah, good shout. I think the other one on there as well, Jonathan Mingo, not necessarily for fantasy at all, but I think he's been a little little ray of sunshine these last couple of weeks and looking like some sort of future for the Panthers that's not all all grim. Uh, Scully, uh, so this time um, we're talking Chris Godwin's 2019-20 teammate uh, from when he was at uh, from when he was at the Buccaneers, Tanner Hudson. Tight ends now with the Bengals. Anyone on that Bengals offense? Who they? Who them all? Every single one in them. Taking them all. They're all brilliant. Chase, Higgins, Boyd, Mixon, Browning. I'd, I'd, I'd take them all. But uh, if I were to pick one, after that insane touchdown on Saturday, uh, T Higgins. I mean, what what hmm. a player. Wow. What awareness. What understanding of where you are on the pitch. Um, I mean, he's he's unbelievable and proper stepped up after after Jamar Chase went uh, went off with a little bit of an injury. He's, he's a wide receiver one in any team, any team um, other than that one. So uh, yeah, give me him all day. Yeah, I like that. Like the Bengals' offense as well. Um, real moxie around Jake Browning. Um, I think he even said afterwards, didn't he, that that because he got dropped from from the Vikings, that that did make that game did mean a little bit extra to him. Um, Joe Mixon, similarly, really, I guess, is what is in year seven. He's he's kind of well past what should be a running back decline, but still putting up good numbers as well. Charlie, so unfortunately, just the last one now for Chris God win or Chris God lose. Um, but we're looking at Jameis Winston, 2017-2019 team, teammate of Chris Godwin on the books, but now at the Saints. So Saints v Rams, Week 16. Who do you like on that Saints offense? The obvious choice being Kamara, but the Rams are very good against the run. I know he does get involved in the passing game, but the guy I, I, I'd want to back this week, coming back off injury, uh, being Chris Alave. He's been a bit up and down all year. I, I certainly thought he was going to have a better year than he he has done, um, but yeah, against those uh, against the Rams, I think they're going to have to throw because the Rams are going to score. So uh, yeah, a larvae for me. And that's that. Best of luck to those of you that are still alive and in the hunt to be crowned fantasy champion. And for those of us that aren't, well, I guess we'll just have to find a way to enjoy real football. Regardless. Have a fantastic Christmas, everyone, and we'll catch up next week. See you then.